Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Albert styles. Meet the new Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Truth and Justice. In this week's episode, you're going to hear for the very first time Jay Wilde's full, unedited, unmodified, second recorded interview. This interview and this narrative is what was used at trial to convict Adnan. As a quick recap as to where we're at in the story at this point, on February 26, Ritz McGillivary went and talked to Jen Pusateri at her house. They asked her about the crime. She said she would come to the station later and talk to them. Later on the evening of the 26th, she went to the police station. She gave a statement basically stating that she doesn't know anything about the crime. The next morning on February 27th, Detectives Ritz and McGillivary went and met Jen at her attorney's home along with her mother, where she did a long, unrecorded interview. At that point, they then went to the station later in the afternoon on the 27th. There, she gave the recorded interview that you heard two episodes ago. Later that night, they picked up Jay Wilds. There was an unrecorded pre-interview with him. And then last week, you heard his first interview that was recorded. And as you heard, if you spent any amount of attention to the details in both of those stories, they were a mess. They were all over the place. Not only did Jen's story not match Jay's story, but Jay's story didn't match the cell phone records. It was a disaster. Jay's interview wrapped up in the early morning hours of February 28th, and then that's when Adnan was arrested. A little over two weeks later, on March 15th, Jay comes in for a second interview. And this is where the detectives are trying to get a story on the record that is somewhat believable and somewhat matches the cell phone evidence. Between these two interviews, they mapped out where the cell towers were, where the sectors were, they literally created a map of the coverage area of those. And then Jay is now trying to tell a story where everything that they did matches up with the cell phone records. Now, anyone who's even remotely familiar with this case knows that there are tons of problems in this interview. If you listened to Undisclosed or my season one, you heard all about Susan Simpson's discovery about the tapping in this interview. The transcript itself doesn't tell the tale. When you listen to it, especially if you clean up the audio, you can hear tap, 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 when the police are redirecting Jay to change what he had just said. Those are the places in the transcript where you hear him say, oh, yeah, sorry, I missed something. Now, I did not modify this interview at all. I want you to hear it exactly as it was recorded. The only thing that I did was boost the levels so that it's consistent throughout and it's the right volume for you. 
Other than that, there's been no modifications whatsoever. And some of the taps you'll see that you can hear clear as day, even without any removal of background noise. And there's other ones that you do have to clean up the audio a little bit and remove some background noise to hear them. But there's a lot more to learn by listening to this interview instead of reading it. When you read the transcript, you can clearly see there's problems, but nothing like when you listen to it. When you listen to this interview, I want you to make up your own mind and form your own opinions. But some of the things that I want you to be listening for are the gaps. When a question will be asked, and then there's a long pause, a long silence. And I want you to think about what do you think is happening? Imagine yourself in the room when a question is asked, and Jay waits three, four, five, six, seven seconds before he answers. Is he thinking? Is he reading something? Is he looking at something? What is causing all of those pauses in the audio? And if you have a really keen ear, I want you to listen really closely. I had never noticed this before. I was going through it just this week. There are times when you can actually hear, even with an unmodified, unedited interview, you can hear Ritz and McGillivary writing something on paper. For one example of this, I want to draw your attention to, it's about 19 minutes into the interview. I don't know where it'll end up in your feed with this intro and with ads and stuff. But about 19 minutes into the interview, right before Jay brings up the Nisha call, listen closely. There's a pause. It's a super awkward moment. He had missed something. And when the pause is over, then Jay mentions this call that we know as the Nisha call. Listen closely during that pause before that happens. In my opinion, what I hear is something being circled on a piece of paper. You can hear the pen or the pencil on the paper. So it's my opinion. You listen for yourself. There are several other instances where I was listening closely in those pauses for taps or some indication that the police were directing him to say something on a list. But instead of hearing a tap, I hear the sound of pen writing or drawing on paper. So be listening for that and really listen, maybe even take notes if you're really that into it about what the story actually is and where it makes the changes and where the changes come from. Is Jay just changing something? Are they suggestions by McGillivary? And try, do your best to make heads or tails of the actual burial in Lincoln Park. Once they arrive there, try to just, just try to keep track of who's in what car, what car is parked where, who went in the woods when. That part of the interview to me is incredibly telling when Jay's trying to make a story that includes phone calls and burying the body and everything. And it's honestly very difficult to even understand what he's trying to say happened at that point. So with that, listen closely, pay attention to details, and we'll talk about all of your opinions and answer your questions on this week's Friday follow-up. With all that being said, we're going to have a quick break here for the ads. And just like in the last two weeks, when they stop the tape to flip it over, that'll be your only other ad break. And you won't hear anything more from me in this episode. We'll talk again on Friday. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. 
And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Testing one, two, three. Testing one, two, three. This is a taped interview of Jay Wilds. Mr. Wilds is a black male, 19 years of age. His date of birth is 1-12-80. Mr. Wilds resides in Zone 28. Today's date is the 15th of March. It's approximately 20 minutes after 6 midnight. My name is Detective Gregory McGilvery. Present is Detective William Ritz. We're at 601 East Fayette Street. The offices of homicide, specifically the Colonel's conference room. Mr. Wilds, for the record, could you please state your full name? J.W. Wilds. And how old are you, sir? 19. What's your date of birth? 112.80. And where do you reside? Um. Okay, that is a correction. You live. You have moved since your first interview, correct? Yes. And that's. Yes. Mr. Wilds. This office is currently investigating a homicide of Hay Min Lee. What, if anything, can you tell me about this incident? And before I get into that, I need you to clarify one thing. We've read you your explanation of rights. Isn't that correct? Yes. And you, I filled out the top, and you read one through five? Yes. And after reading each of those, you did something after each question. Is that correct? Yes. And what did you do? I initialed and wrote the word yes. And why did you do that? To state that I understood my rights. And you understand your rights? Yes. You fully understand them? Yes. Okay. Uh, why don't you go ahead and tell us what you know about the death of Haley? Starting? Starting with the 12th. Okay. Um, on the morning of the 12th, I had uh, left out, went shopping with a friend of mine, an ex-friend of mine, Adnan. We uh, went to, uh, I just believe we went to Walmart. I picked up a couple things, it was my birthday. Um, he dropped me at my house and returned to school. Later that day, um, Oh, I'm sorry. Prior to that, we had had a conversation. Um, topic of the conversation was uh, relationships. 
during the conversation stated um, that he was going to kill that bitch, referring to Haley. Uh, I didn't. I took it with context. It didn't stand out my head any. Uh, we went. He dropped. He returned me to my house. Uh, I paged Jennifer Pusateri. Um, no, I'm sorry. Yes, I paged Jennifer Pusateri. Um, we had went to Gilston Park. Um, she had her dog with her. <clears throat> there I told her what the conversation me and Adnan had had earlier that day. And her reaction was just about the same. And then uh, later that day, I went to Champs, uh, celebrated my birthday, returned home about 10 o'clock, received another call from Adnan. This time he had told me uh, that we were going to hook up tomorrow. And that was it for the 12th. And okay. We go back. You indicate that uh, on the 12th, which is my birthday, your birthday, Adnan calls you and you go out. Yeah, it was in the morning. Where did you go? Just across the street to Walmart. Did you walk? Um, actually, yes, we did. He left his car in my parking lot. Did you have a conversation with him? Yes. Um, I stated to him that today is my birthday and my girlfriend's birthday is the day right, day right after how long we had been together, and that seemed to spark um, a little bit of emotion in him, and he began to talk about Hay. Hay being his former girlfriend? Yes. And during this conversation, what did he tell you? Um, he told me that she had broke his heart, that it was extremely wrong for anyone to treat him that way, um, that he couldn't believe how she stood and looked him face to face and told him she didn't love him and could be that heartless. And <clears throat> he told me, he said, almost jokingly, I think I'm going to kill her. Yeah, I think I'm going to kill her. However, the whole purpose of him being with you that day was to ask you for your assistance. Yes. In killing her. Yes. N not so much in killing her, but and just disposing. In disposing of her body? Yes. Uh, does he tell you how he's going to do it that day? No, but he tells me that uh, he's going to do it in her car. Um, he said to me that he was going to uh, tell her his car was broken down and uh, ask her for a ride. And that was... And that was it. That was... That was it? That's all he told you that day? That, yeah. Oh, that he was going to kill her, but it wasn't... He didn't give any details. He just said, um... You didn't know how. Huh? You didn't know how he was going no, to kill her. No. But he told you that he was he was going to kill her. Yes. Because she had broken his heart. Yes. And that night, he contacted you again. Yes. And had made plans to meet with you on the 13th. Yes. Where where, where he could give you his car and cell phone to assist him. Yes. And you'll explain that later, correct? Yes. Okay. Um, what time did he show up at your house the next day? 
Um, I believe he called me first. Um, he probably showed up at about 11, a little after 11, 11.30, 11.30. And where did you go? We went to Security Square Mall. And were you in his car? Yes. Who was driving? He was. When you went inside Security Mall, what stores did you go to? I went to a small hut in the center of the store, I mean the center of the mall near the food court. I brought a charm bracelet for my girlfriend. Uh, I think I also went in the Hex to look for some perfume. Um, and Did you purchase anything in Hex? No. Did Adnan purchase anything in Hex? Not to my knowledge, no. Did he purchase anything during this little shopping spree? Uh, maybe some lunch. But that was it. Like a soda and a bite to eat, but that was it. What did you do then? Um, we left the mall. I took him to school. I dropped him off in the back of the school. <clears throat> he went up to class. He left his cell phone in the car with me, told me he'd call me. Um, I went back to my friend Jen's house and waited for him to call. Okay, now at this point, you know why he's leaving the car with you? Yes. And why is that? Because he said he was going to kill Hay. And the reason you have the car and the cell phone was why? To pick him up from wherever he was going to do this today. Okay. And you had talked about this while you were shopping that day? The details of uh, the car and all? The events, how they were going to plan out. He, he, the, 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 that day he told me, yes, he told me, um, I'm going to leave you with my cell phone and my car. I need you to come get me. Yes. After? After he had killed Hay, yes. Okay. So you take him to school. And why do you take him to school? Uh, he was. He said he had to get back for his next class. His teacher would miss him. Do you know which class that was? No. Do you know what time it was when you took him back to school? Mm-hmm. It was, I would have to say, between quarter to 12 and quarter after 1. Quarter of 12? I mean, quarter, quarter to 1 and quarter after 1, I'm sorry. Okay. Was this after lunch? Yeah, it was after the lunch time. And where did you drop him off? In the rear of the school. <clears throat> and you left? Yes. Where did you go? Jennifer Pusateri's house. And where does she live? Uh... Conway, I think that's the name of her street. She lives in Emerson Heights. Edmondson Heights? Yes. How long did it take you to get from the high school mm -hmm. to her house? Five minutes or less. Was anybody home? Uh, yes, her brother was. Did you have the occasion to go inside? Yes, we entered. We went down the basement. We played video games probably for about half an hour, an hour before anyone had called. Was Jennifer home? Not yet. What time does she get home? She gets off work at about 12.30. Takes her, she's lollygagged in the house at, say, probably about 1.30. Do you have any conversation with her about what is going to occur? Uh, yes. Later that afternoon, we had went out to her car. I think we had ran to the store, come back to get some soda or something like that. And we were sitting in her car, and I told her that I, I think that uh, Adnan was going to kill Hay. You didn't think you knew. Uh, he told you he was going to. 
lots of people say things, but yes. Okay, well he told you, Yes. and you had his car and you had his cell phone. Yes. Okay, and you told Jennifer this yes. while you're sitting in her, in her car? Yes. Or were you in his? Uh, no, we were in her car. Okay. Um, at some point, you left mm -hmm. yes. Jennifer's house. Yes. Do you have any idea what time that was? About 3.40. 3.40? Yeah. Was Jennifer still there? Yes. And where were you going? I was going to pick up Adnan. Had you gotten a phone call from him? Yes, on the cell phone. While you were at Jennifer's house? Mm, not on the cell phone while I was at Jen's. He had called on the hotline while I was at Jen's. And then... Um, Adnan had called on the cell phone. Yes. I'm, I know, I'm sorry. Adnan had called on the hotline while I was at Jen's house. Okay. Um, he had told me he was... He, he, would do, uh, he was going to need me to pick him up uh, at a certain time. That was 3.30. I waited till 3.30. He didn't call. I left the house uh, with his car and cell phone. Okay. Meanwhile, while you were at Jennifer's house, did you receive any phone calls on your cell, on Adnan's cell phone? Yes. And how many phone calls did you receive? Three. And what were the nature of the calls? Um, one was... Uh, to check and see if the phone was on. And who made that call? Adnan. Um, the other, the other was, uh, the other was, I was telling him that I was going to be there. That's where I was going to be at. That was the second one. And the third one, I, I can't, it was very short. I can't remember what we conversated about. And then is when he called you on Jennifer's telephone. Yes. And that was giving you instructions, or what was the phone conversation? Uh, I'm leaving school. He told me he was leaving school. Then. Where did he tell you he was going? He didn't say. He just said he was leaving school. He told me. I assumed he was leaving with Hank, but he just said he was leaving school. Where were you supposed to meet him? Uh, he didn't give me a set place. He called. I left my. I left Jen's house because he didn't call me at the time that he said he was. And at that time, I was halfway between my house and Jen's house, and he told me to meet him at Best Buy. So now, after your phone conversation on Jennifer's telephone, yes, you left. Yes. And while en route to your house, yes, you received a phone call from Adnan. Yes. On his cell phone. Yes. Which is in your possession. Yes. And. The conversation was what? Um, that bitch is dead. Come and get me. I'm at Best Buy. How long does it take you to get from the time he calls you to tell you that Hay was dead yes. to the time you got to Best Buy? Less than five minutes. And where did you see him when he pulled on the parking lot? He was standing at a payphone. And where is the telephone? on the corner of the entrance to Best Buy in the parking lot. You pull up next to him? I pull up next to him. He's standing at the phone booth. He motions over to forward of, of the car, I, um, and he starts walking. I follow him in the car um, up to what I noticed to be, once we got up on it, Hayes' car. I noticed that Hay wasn't with him. Um, I parked next to him. He asked me to get out the car. I get out of the car. He asked me, am I ready for this? Um, and I say, ready for what? 
and he uh, takes the keys, he opens the trunk, and all I can see is uh, like his lips are all blue, and she's like pretzeled up in the back of the trunk, and she's dead. What was she wearing? Um, a, a white like sweater, a blouse, and uh, a black skirt. She have any shoes on? No. She had on like taupe stockings. Was there anything else in the trunk? Um, like a, a book bag or something like that. But that that was all that I noticed. I didn't. I wasn't looking for details. I'm sorry. What did Adnan say to you? Um, he started to tell me about the story. He said, uh, "I think she was trying to say something," and then I cut him off right there because it was a little disturbing. And he uh, closed the trunk and told me to follow him. So he got in the Hay Haley's car, and I got in his car, and I followed. And where did you go? We went to the Route 70 parking lot. And why did you go there? That's where he decided to keep the car until a later time. Did he park the car? Yes. Did he get out of the car? Yes, he got out of the car and proceeded to go through the, the trunk and the back seat and uh, several items he picked up and moved around and stuff like that. And then he came over to his car, um, told me to pop the trunk. I popped the trunk. He placed a whole bunch of items in the trunk. And then he got in the driver's seat and we switched places and I got in the passenger seat. The items that he took out of uh, Hayes' car, what were they? Um, I know one of them to be his track bag. It's a black bag with uh, white writing on it. The other looked like a book bag, a black book bag with a brown bottom and uh, like uh, her keys um, and her wallet. What do you do then? Um, we leave there. Uh, <clears throat> on the way to Forest Park, I place a phone call to a, a friend of mine uh, to see if he could get any weed. He, uh, he took, I, did, I, didn't, I didn't talk to him. I got his machine. He wasn't home. Who is that? Uh, Patrick. Patrick. I don't know his last. And how do you know Patrick? I used to work with him at PetSmart now. And UPS. Where does he live? Um, right off of uh, Athol. Um, I can't remember what the Fern Valley. I think it's called. You know the address? No. And why did you call him? To get narcotics. To get narcotics. I'm sorry, marijuana. Marijuana. Yeah. However, he wasn't home. No. Did you get an answering machine? Yes. How long? you think you were on the telephone? Um, the machine, it'll ring four or five times before the machine will pick up. There's a long song on there. Um, then his sister comes on, and maybe like four minutes. Where do you, uh, what do you do then after um, uh, the phone message? We head to Forest Park to see if we couldn't find a corner salesman there. Um, we go down there, we buy two dime sacks. <clears throat> um, we turn around, uh, I believe we stopped to get blunts on um, Rogers and Gwen Oak. 
Gwinnell Gun Rogers and the corner of Gwinnell Gun Rogers. During the trip from uh, Route 70 over to Forest Park where you uh, buy marijuana. Yes. You made the phone call to your friend yes. first Oh, and he wasn't there. Did anybody else use the phone? Yeah. Um, Adnan, I can't remember whether he received the call or placed the call, but I remember he was talking to a girl. Um, I can't remember her name. He put me on the phone with her for like three minutes. I said hello to her. Where did she uh, live? Uh, Silver Spring. you recall her name? No, I don't. Is there anything significant about this conversation that you remember? No, nothing out of the ordinary. Do you have any idea why Adnan would call this individual in Silver Spring after he had just no, strangled his girlfriend? I don't, and uh, I have no idea why he would call and the conversation didn't pertain to anything that he had just done. So, no? No, I don't. Okay. Um, how long did that conversation last? It was a pretty long conversation, maybe like seven, eight minutes, ten minutes, something like that. And he gave you the phone? Yeah, at some point in the conversation, he gave me the phone, told me to speak to the chick. And what did you say to her? I said a couple of words, hey, who are you, how old are you, um, where do you live at? Where do you go from there? Uh, we proceed to the spot called the Cliff. It's in Tasco State Park. And what do you do there? Uh, we roll up a blunt and smoke marijuana. Um, then uh, while you, while you're at the cliff, while we're at the cliff, we're standing overlooking a whole bunch of stuff at this cliff, and uh, he starts uh, telling me about how it was when he killed her, how. Uh, he said he uh, wrapped his hand around her and her throat, and she uh, s started kicking. And he said he looked up to make sure nobody was looking in the car at him. And uh, he said she, he was worried about her scratching him, getting her his skin underneath her fingernails. And that uh, she was trying to say something. He said she, that she thinks that she was trying to say that she was sorry, but that's what she deserved, and uh, that she had broken his heart. And, What was your reaction? I asked him, I questioned him, I said, uh, granted, you didn't like her, but uh, do, you, do you really think she deserved to die? And he said that anyone who, who treats him like that, anyone who could stand in his face and be that heartless deserves to die. How long do you think you were at the cliff? 20 minutes to a half an hour. Other than that conversation, was there anything additional? Um, he had said to me, he wonders where he's going to put the body at. Did you make any suggestions? None at all. Did he name any locations? None at all. Um, he didn't say, you know, what about here? You know, he didn't name off the half dozen locations and you gave him thumbs up or thumbs down? Um, I just, no, he uh, said something to me, uh, to the effect of the state park where we were a little bit up the river but I told him that people walk up and down there and that was the only thing that okay um, 
what happens then? We leave there, um, I believe. Can you bear with me for a minute? All right. Um, okay, we left there. I take him, I took him back to school and I dropped him off. Why did you take him back to school? He told me that I had to take him back to school because he needed to be seen there. So he basically wanted to go back to school to be seen by who? Uh, his co-students, I guess. I mean, fellow classmates. Was he going to a certain event? Uh, it's practice, track practice. Track practice. Yeah. So he wanted an alibi. Yes. He wanted to be seen by the people at track. Yeah. And you guys had discussed that. He, he just told me that he needed to be seen. Yes. He told me that he needed to be seen at track practice. Did you agree with him or disagree? Um, I could have cared less, really, but I agreed with him. You took him back? Yes. How long did it take you to get from the cliffs mm -hmm. to his school? Mm, 13 to 15 minutes. Any phone conversations? Um, yeah, he talked to two people, but I... I don't remember who or what, what he talked about. you have any idea? But I think one was to his mother. The other, I don't, I don't know. Okay. Did he call his mother or did his mother call him? I think his mother called him. I'm not sure, but I, I think. Um, you drop him off at school? Yes. Where do you drop him off at school? In the front. Where do you go? I go... I was on my way home, but then I stopped off at Gilston Park, and uh, uh, I smoked another blunt before I went home, and then I, I think I may have, may have gone, yeah, I, th I went to Christian Jeff's, and he called me from the cell phone there, and then I left Christian Jeff's. Hang on. You leave, you, after you drop that non off uh -huh. in the front right. circle, correct? Right. He goes into practice. Yes. You leave. Yes. You go to Galston Park. Yeah. Smoke another blunt. Right. Uh, after you smoke a blunt, you go to Christie and Jess. Yes. Was anyone there? Yes. Who? Uh, both Christie and Jeff were home. And you go inside? Yes. And how long did you stay? It wasn't very long. Um, it was probably like 10, 20 minutes before he called again for me to come get him from practice. It wasn't very long. While you were inside Christie and Jeff's, yes. did you tell them what happened? No. They have no idea what occurred? At this time, at this point in time, no. I, I said nothing to them. Had you called them first? I think so, but when you call Christie and Jeff, you always get the machine. They don't never pick up. They screen all their calls. So... While you were with Christy and Jeff, did you get high? Yes. While inside? Yes. This is before you pick up at it? Yes. Okay. How long were you there? Uh, I remember the track practice got out at about quarter to six, so that's, that's when I left. And how did you know that it... Yeah, I still had his cell phone. He called me. He called you? Yes. I went back, I got him, and then we returned to Christy and Jeff's.
How long did it take you to get from Christie and Jeff's back to Adnan? The beltway right there, probably like 15 minutes at the most. Pick Adnan up? Yes. He gets in the car? Yes. Are you driving or is he driving? He is now driving. You go back to Christie's? Yes. Takes you another 15 minutes? Yes. Are you having any conversation with Adnan at um, the time? To the effect, yes. Don't tell anyone. Um, he said that he couldn't believe he killed somebody with his bare hands, that all the other mother motherfuckers referring to like hoods and thugs and stuff think they're hardcore, but he just killed a person with his bare hands. So at this point, he's bragging about it. Mm, basically. He was proud of it? Yes. Did he indicate while he was at practice that he confided in anybody? No. Did he talk about any anything that he had to do with practice? He just said he had to run a lot. And he was he had to run? Yeah, and that he was late. That he was late mm -hmm. getting there? Yes. Anybody give him a hard time? Uh, I don't know. You go back to Christy and Jeff's house? Yes. You go inside? Yes. What happens there? We smoke again. Um, he's feeling a little nauseous from a cigarette that I'd given him prior to going in the house. So he sits away from the group. Um, we stay there for a while until uh, we're interrupted by a phone call. He wakes up, he answers his phone. He, uh, it's uh, Hayes' family. They're looking for Hayes. He tells them he has no knowledge where she is. Um, How long did that phone conversation take? It was short. It was probably like five minutes. Um, they said that she's supposed to pick up her cousin or something, and uh, that uh, he uh, had he seen her. Did, does he know anything like that? Then uh, a few minutes later, he got a call from the police department, and uh, that, that's How do you know Adnan got a call from the police department? Um, because that's what he does. He holds the phone away and says the police. And at that time, I started to panic. Were you inside the apartment or outside the apartment? We're in, we were just leaving. We were stepping from the foyer into the hallway. And uh, he, 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 he talks to the cops. And um, I hear the beginning of the conversation. Um, he lies to him and tells him he, has, he doesn't know where she is. He hasn't seen her. Tells him to look for her old boyfriend um, that... that uh, that's just how she is. She's a flighty person like that. Um, check with her friends. Um, there was more of the conversation, but it, towards the end of the conversation, we were reaching near the door, so I stepped out with a cigarette, and I just heard him at the end of the conversation giving his phone number to the cops and telling them uh, that he's Muslim and don't call his house because it's his parents and stuff like that. When you guys are inside the apartment and his cell phone rings and he tells you it's the police, Christy and Jeff are sitting there. Yes. Do they know what's going on? No. Do you tell them what's going on? Not at that time. You leave? Yes. The, the cell phone conversation ends with the police officer? Yes. What does Adnan say to you? Um... He tells me, we have to get rid of the body, we have to get rid of the body, we have to get rid of the body. I'm already looking for it. And you get back in the car? Yes, we get back in his car, he's driving. And where do you go? We go back to the 70 parking lot. Um, he gets out of his car, tells me to follow him. We get, He gets into her car. Um, 
he drives it. We drove um, around to a whole bunch of different places, uh, some off of uh, Rowan Road, uh, some off of Dogwood Road. Um, finally, he, he goes down past Lincoln Park. He, uh, he um, no, this is wrong, I'm sorry. I missed something. We leave Christy and Jeff's, and uh, I ask him to drop me off. And we go back to my house, and when we're standing on my porch, that's when he tells me that we have to go back, we have to get rid of the body, we have to get rid of the body. <clears throat> There's two shovels that are kept with tools next to my porch. Um, there's picks, axes, all kinds of stuff along with it there. Um, he grabs the shovel and says we have to get rid of the body, we have to get rid of the body. And, uh, and then he t <clears throat> I tell him um, I don't want to have anything to do with it. And he tells me he knows what I do, he knows who I'm associated with, and that he could uh, turn me into the authorities. So I get back in his car. What was that all about? Um, was he threatening you? With knowledge of illegal activity, yes. And the illegal activity was what? Uh, um, drug trafficking, distribution of drugs. You used to sell drugs? Yes. And he knew that you sold drugs? Yes. So he was telling you, if you tell anybody about this, he was going to turn you in for drugs? Yes. Okay. What do you do with the tools? Um, put them in the back of his car, in the back seat. Um, he's still driving. Now we proceed from my house to the 70 parking ride. Any te telephone conversations? Um, not in between my house and the 70 parking lot now. Okay. Continue. Um, we leave the 70 parking lot. He's driving his car now and I'm following him. Um, we end up, like I said, we drove around a lot. We end up going down Franklintown Boulevard. He uh, he stops her car, actually pulls over to the side and tells me to uh, ask me if I could help him. And I told him, fuck no, I'm not touching none of her stuff. I'm not helping you drag her out of the car, none of that. And um, he says, okay. So then he drives her car up around the corner and uh, parks it, and we park his car down at the burial site. And Hang on here. You're, when you leave your house, you put the tools yes. in the, into his car. Yes. You go to Route 70. Yes. He gets out of his car. Yes. Gets into Hayes' car. Yes. And he drives from there to Lincoln Park. Yes. And not, not straight there, but... And you're following him. Yes. Not straight there. Did you make any stops? No stops, but it wasn't it wasn't the most direct route. No. Okay. However, you eventually make it to Lincoln Park. Yes. Now, do you park around the corner? Not, not now. We're we're, we're sitting um, side by side, blocking both lanes, and he's talking to me. He said, he asked me, "Am I going to help him?" like get out of the car and stuff and I, I tell him no, hell no, fuck that. And so then he's like, okay, and he drives her car up around the corner and uh, I follow him. Once we get up around the corner, he gets back in his car 
we come back down. Um, we pull into this little uh, spot. It has like white pillar things that are there from the highway. And we go 20 yards back or so and uh, start digging. Why did you pick this location? It's where he wanted. Uh, I couldn't convince him to do anything. Like, he, he, anything I said, it just kind of, it, it was like, I don't know. Have you ever been in this park with him? No. You followed him? Yes. How did he know to pull over right there? Because along the road, there's a small, uh, I don't know how to explain them, like a viewpoint parking lot. Parking spots. Parking spots on the side of the road, all up and down the road. And that was the only one that was open. It was, all the rest had been buried up. So, you park both cars up around the corner? Just both, both cars are sitting. Both of them are still running, none of them are parked. When we conversate about whether I'm going to help them or not, um, then both cars go up around the corner. We park Haley's car. He gets back in his car. We drive back down to where the, the spot he had chosen. <laughs> we dig, I don't know, maybe half an hour. When you walk from where you parked the car yes. into the woods, yes. who led the way? Had not. Did it seem like he had been there before? Possibly. I mean, it's a wooded area. Yes. Did you take a specific route back there? We followed the path. It was followed a path. Yeah, it wasn't. It is wasn't there, very far. Is there a visible path in the? In, no. However, you made your way back there. Yes. Was it a path of least resistance? I would guess that would that would be fair to say yes. Okay. And why did you choose the location that was chosen? That's where he said he wanted to bury her. He said it. That that was. You know. I did mean, he give you an impression that he had been there before? Yes. Why? Why? Because he knew that there was a... I heard a noise, and I looked up, and he knew that there was a small creek that ran behind there. Do you have the digging tools at this point? No. What happens? Um, dig a small hole, put the shovels back in the backseat of his car. Um, I didn't... The driver's seat of his car, he gets in the passenger seat. I drive him back up around the corner to his car. Um, he asked me to help him again up there. Like I said before, I told him, no, I'm not touching none of her shit, none of I'm her, none of that stuff. He uh, he gets back in his car, he drives back down around the corner. A long time goes by, maybe like almost a half an hour. And uh, after that, he reappears back around the corner. Um, gets back in his car, um, instructs me to drive down to the small, excuse me, the small parking lot area. Um, we get out of his car, uh, bring the shovels. He asks me to help a barrier. Uh, we argue. Um, he throws dirt on top of her, and she was already. I'm sorry. Um, we, we, we pull back into the parking lot and on the way back there there's a coat laying on the ground 
And I said, whose coat is that? And he picks it up and like flings it way back in the woods. And uh, then I walk up and Hayes laying in the hole with her head facing away from me on her, on her, on her stomach face down with her arm behind her back. And uh, he asked me if I was gonna help. And I told him, fuck no. And he starts just shoveling dirt on top of her. That, uh, we leave there. Um, uh, Let we, me stop a minute. Yes. You helped him dig the hole. Yes. How long did it take you both uh-huh. to dig the hole? 20, 25 minutes. And both cars were parked back in the parking spot? No. Just his car. Her car had been moved to the uh, spot around the corner prior to us digging the hole. How deep did you make the hole? Oh, maybe six inches at the most. It wasn't very deep at all. Who did most of the digging? Uh, it was... Both of you? Yeah. Equal work? I wouldn't say that, but yeah. Okay. Um, um, during the time of this digging, we received a phone call, though, because I was supposed to meet some people in uh, a couple minutes, and I remember when I was waiting um, for him, when, I, when he was trying to pick out the spot, I, I remember I was supposed to meet some people and received a phone call from them, and I didn't even get a chance to talk to him. He told him uh, that uh, I was busy and that I'd have to call him back. Did I he let, tell you who was on the phone? I later learned that that was... Jen Pusateri. And uh, what happens then? Um, like I said, <coughs> afterwards, uh, we walked, we brought the car, the car back. He took in hay out. Um, I asked him, how, how the hell did he get her from the road to the hole? He just told me she was heavy as shit. That's all he said. And uh, he buried her. Did you help? put dirt on top of her. I didn't help put dirt on top of her, I helped dig the hole. Um I couldn't I couldn't do it. Uh, I don't Were you know. going to? Possibly, but like I got there and shovels in my I just couldn't throw dirt on top of her. I mean I couldn't do it. And um we left uh before you leave. Yes. You had indicated in our conversation before that Adnan had gotten sick. Yeah, yeah, he did. Um, on How many times did he get sick? Twice. And where was that? The first time that he threw up was uh, up around the corner when he had brought the car back from being away from a long time. That's when I assumed that he took the body out of the Hayes car and put it back in the hole. He drove back up around the corner. He threw up once there, and uh, uh, right after he finished burying her, we were getting back in his car. He threw up once there. In the little parking area? Yeah. What do you do then? Um, hmm. We drive to Westview. On, I told him to take me home. And on the way going home, we passed by Westview and he says, I better get rid of this stuff. You've got two cars. Oh, I'm sorry. I apologize. I'm missing okay. time spots. Um, yes, I'm sorry. We leave. We, we, we still do have two cars. Um, he, he, uh, 
motions for me to follow him. I follow him. We're driving around all in the city. I ask him, where the hell are we going? And um, he says, where's a good strip at? I need a strip. So we drive uh, down Emerson Avenue off of one of those cross streets before you get to the break. You know what I'm talking about? And um, it seems like he knew where this place was because there's a parking lot, but it's in the middle of a whole bunch of houses. And the strips are on the streets, the cross streets that run. So it's not like you could have just saw it. What's a strip? Oh, where they sell drugs. Okay. So this is an area where people are selling drugs. Yeah. So you've been to this neighborhood before because you purchased drugs there. I've been through, through not that exact spot, but the neighborhood, yes. And you're following him. Yes. And it's for a significant amount of time, am I correct? Yes. How long? Probably about 30 minutes. Eventually, he selects a spot. Yes. And where is that spot? It's like way back um, up this alley across this grassy knoll on this parking lot. And what does he do? Um, oh, he, he stops, he digs in her car some. I don't know what he was getting. He dug in her car some more, parked it, took the keys with him, and came and got another car. Any items that were in Hayes? car in her possession where they brought into his car? Um, the only items I am definite that were hers that he had, he had her wallet with all I had, all of her identification, um, credit cards, all that. Her keys, definite. Those are only two things definitely I knew were hers that he brought from the one car to the other. What else did he bring? Uh, a little bag, like a, a black bag, and oh, gloves. Describe the gloves for me. They were red wool gloves with a leather palm and with uh, stitching around the edges. Okay. So now he's back in his own car. Yes. Who's driving? Uh, right now, I think I'm still driving. Okay. Where do you go? We go to Westview. And what do you do? Um, in the back of Westview, there's some dumpsters. He instructs me to stop at these dumpsters. Um, he gets out, we both get out of the car, he gets out, he throws some of the stuff into the a recycling dumpster, he gets back in, he's driving now, I'm in the passenger seat, we go down to the next, like two dumpsters down, and he throws all the rest of the stuff in there. All the rest of what stuff? All the rest of her possessions. What about the tools? The tools are placed in another dumpster, uh, a couple, couple more down. Now, are you guys taking any precautions in uh, not dropping things within his car? I mean, are, are you... There weren't, like, the items that he took weren't really small items, nothing that you wouldn't know when you possession. He didn't, not that I noticed he didn't have anything small that would be dropped or... You indicated he had, he had Hayes' wallet. Yes. And that he was going through her yes. cars. He didn't start to go through her cars until we had actually pulled up to the dumpster. He didn't open her wallet and start to go through any, any of her things until we'd actually pulled up to the dumpster. What kind of cards was he taking out? Um, credit cards, ID cards, bank cards. He, did he say anything? You know, did, oh, he showed me his, the picture of them to a prom, but he threw it away too. 
Where'd you throw that away? In the dumpster with the rest of the Did stuff. Did he pull out a driver's license? No. Make any significant, you know, comments about that? No, the only thing he showed me was a picture. He just kind of flipped me the picture and like, <laughs> and. Was he looking for something within the wallet? He, he seemed like it. Um, for example? He said he did, he was flipping through a wallet. He's like, she ain't got no cash. And that was all he said to me. But I, I mean, he, didn't, he doesn't need money. He's not, he doesn't need money. He just... He dumps Hayes' property in yes. the dumpster. Yes. However, you still have the tools. Yes. And what do you do with those? We drive a couple of dumpsters down. He pulls them out of the back seat, places them in the dumpster. Then what do you do? From there, um, we leave. We go up Route 40. On the way up Route 40, I think I may have paged my friend Jen. Back to page her from his phone to my house. Um, I get out of his car. I go in my house. Jen calls me back. I tell her I need, I need to talk to her. Um, it's real important for her to come get me. She comes right over. Um, I take my clothes from that day. I put them in a plastic bag. Um, I go out to, to the car with Jen. I tell her what happened. She, uh, she says to me, um, she really can't believe it, and I tell her to stay away from him. And I tell her if I get locked up, that she'll be the one person that really knew that I didn't kill Hay. Why would you tell her that? Because he was bound to get caught. I mean, it was just... Why would you tell Jen that you were not the one who killed Hay? What significance is that? Because I know that I would I would go to jail for it. So I told Jen, I'm sorry. I mean, did you kill her? No. Why would you tell her that you weren't the one who killed her? Why would you kill her? I told her that if I ever go to jail, she knows what happens, and she knows the truth. Well, she knew beforehand. She, I don't know then. What, I mean, you told her. I said that to her. I said Adnan killed Hay. You told her before Hay I said, I told her, yeah. was killed that Adnan was going to kill Hay. Yes. Whether she believed it or not, you right, told her. Right. So afterwards. I said, I got in the car to it in my exact words, Hay's dead. If I ever go to jail, you know that I didn't kill Hay. Okay. And when you went back to your house after Adnan dropped you off, did you change your clothes? Yes. And what did you do with the clothes? I put them in a plastic bag. I, Which articles of clothing that you had on did you put in the bag? Um, plaid coat, uh, tan jeans, and a pair of boots. What did you do? I put them in a the bag. I, I, we went to F&M. I think to purchase something, and on the way up, up, up Jen had come over to your house to yes. pick you up. Uh huh. You told her what had occurred. Yes. And you got in the car with her. Yes. And you were going to dump your clothes. Yes. And what dumpster did you go to? The one behind uh, F and M Jug Emporium on Route Forty. What did you throw in there? All my clothes. It was a, they were in a giant plastic bag. The same night. Um, I think I may have held on to my boots until the day after, but yeah, the same night. Oh, you're contradicting yourself. I'm saying my, the other articles of clothing. You threw away what clothing on the 13th? My pants and my coat. And you didn't throw away your boots that night. Right. So on the 14th, 
you threw away your boots? Yes. And where did you throw away your boots? In the dumpster in front of my house. Okay. After you threw away your clothing, yes. did you go somewhere else? Yes. Where? We returned to the shovels at Westfield. And what did you do? I removed my fingerprints from them. I wiped them down. And why? I didn't want to be associated with the crime. And why did you get rid of your clothing? I didn't want to be associated with the crime. From there? Yes. Where did you go? Um, from there, I went to my girlfriend Stephanie's house. Um, she had a late game. I stopped. It was her birthday. I spoke to her. We chatted for a little bit. Then we left there, and I went to Christian and Jeff's, where I remained for the rest of the evening. Uh, after I left there, I returned home. Okay. While you were at Christie and Jeff's, yes. did you tell them what happened? Um, not totally, but to the effect. Not not exactly what happened, but I... What I, did you tell Christie and Jeff? I said to them, um, so that you guys don't get in any trouble, if the cops come at you guys, that dude was never here. And, and that was it. What did they say? What did he do? And I was like, oh, it's just it's better if you not know. Did you tell them? Uh, maybe later. At that time, I don't I don't remember. But uh, I, may, I may have told Jeff. I may have told her boyfriend, Jeff, but I know I didn't tell Christian. What did you tell Jeff? Um, if I had told him, my, my exact words would have been, that dude killed his girlfriend. Yeah. Not if you told okay, him. Okay, I'm sorry. What did you tell Jeff? That dude killed his girlfriend. And what did Jeff say to you? For real? Oh, snap. That's it. Were you guys getting high then? Yes. At what point do you leave? Probably about 11.30, midnight. Where do you go? Home. And who is driving at this point? Jeff. Detective Ritz? Thank you. This is Detective Ritz, uh, the record. Jake, we can just go back yeah. uh, to the beginning of the 12th. You received a telephone call. Let me backtrack even further then. During the pre-interview, we sat here and we spoke for a while, and you stated that Adnan on at least three or four different occasions said that he was going to kill Haley. Yes. Uh, what, tell me a little bit about those conversations. Um, those are conversations, uh, I don't know, like people, you know, uh, talk about relationships and uh, I mentioned to him how long me and my girlfriend had been together and that her birthday was the day after mine. And, um, I think Steph had wanted to invite them somewhere, but they weren't together. And he was like, uh, uh, she broke my heart. I couldn't believe someone would be that heartless. She, she looked me right in my face and told me she didn't love me after all that time. I think I'm gonna kill that bitch. Prior to January the 13th, uh, when Haley is murdered, when did these conversations take place? How close or to January the 13th? Um, maybe like starting four, five days before. July, the, um, excuse me, January the 12th was your birthday. Yeah. You said that 
that man had called your house and you kind of had an inkling what was going to take place the uh, following morning or the following afternoon. Mm -hmm. What was that conversation? What made you think that uh, January the 13th would be the day that Adnan would kill Haley? He told me um, that we were going to hook up the next day and he said, he said that's what he said, I'm going to do. What was his exact words, if you remember? Um, I'm going to do it tomorrow, yeah. And what did you take that to mean? Killing him. So you knew the night before. Uh, what time does this conversation take? About place? 11. But it wasn't like, I don't know. I'm, I'm sorry. So he calls you sometime around 11 o'clock, this is your birthday, and says something to the effect, tomorrow I'm going to do it. Yeah. And you interpreted that as, tomorrow sometime, he's going to kill Hay Lee. So he says, yes. When he says, I'm going to do it tomorrow, does he make any reference to the, in that conversation, that he's definitely going to kill her, or are those words used? Um, no, but the reason I thought he's, meant hey was because from what I can remember from that conversation it was uh about girls and stuff and he was like she's fucked up man I'm gonna do it tomorrow I'm gonna, I'm gonna kill you or I don't know if he said I'm gonna kill her but he said definitely said, I'm gonna do it tomorrow and the conversation prior the, the context of the conversation prior was hey if I may yes Adnan calls you for what to tell why, why does he call you? To tell me that we're going to hook up the next day. Why does he even have oh, any relationship with you? He calls me for drugs. Marijuana is why we hang out. Okay. That's it. Right. He doesn't call you to bend your ear on his relationship problems. No. He calls you because you can get things done. Do I know where I can hook up at? And he calls you so you can get weed. And people only call me at 11 o'clock to hook up. He calls you that night to tell you, I'm going to kill her, and I need your assistance. No. He calls me, wants to know if he can hook up, and then he's going to kill her. Okay. But you take that as, he's going to need your assistance. Okay, yes. Okay. What well, we have before going with the next question, Jay, it's uh, at 7.18 p.m. The tape's going to run out and two or three minutes. We're going to do a stop the tape now and flip it over to side B. Uh, once again, the time is 7.18 p.m. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woo -er, a hand clapper, a high-fiver? 
I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At ChumbaCasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. It wasn't, that wasn't just, he didn't just say, I'm going to kill Hey Lee. He said, we were talking, and that's, you know, I think I'm going to kill her. Yeah, he said he said that a lot. Well, I conversated with him several occasions. He said that. But apparently, you took him at heart because after he told you that later that day, you and Jen went to Gelston Gelston Park, and you told Jennifer that yes. Adnan was going to kill yeah. Haley. So apparently, he said something that made you think that he was actually going to go through with it. Yes, he did. It wasn't. I mean, it was just. I'm sorry. He was no longer joking around that he was right. Going to do it, it wasn't like you know you can look at somebody's face and see a chuckle or a smile. It's stone cold. I think I'm gonna kill that bitch. You took it so seriously that you told Jennifer. Yes. And what did Jennifer say? I don't think she believed me. Um, I don't remember exactly what she said, but I don't think she believed me. Jennifer really never liked Kay. Correct. Yeah, I mean... So, I mean, did she actually even care? No, really. Did she say, you know, oh, I can't believe this, we've got to stop this? No. What did she say to you? Uh... Oh, well? That motherfucker's crazy, yes. And that's it? Okay. At that point, when you believed uh, Adnan was actually going to kill her, and you told Jennifer, and uh, she just says... Motherfuckers, crazy you. Why didn't you at that point, you have information, or at least you're told information, whether or not he was serious, but you took him as being serious at the time when he told you this. Why didn't you notify somebody? Or why didn't Jennifer notify somebody? Or you get together and say, hey, look, we got to do something. He said he's going to kill her. He despises her. Relationship is over. You know, here you have information. Something's going to take place, whether you believe it or not, you kind of believe it. And you do absolutely nothing. Number one, I kind of believe them, you're right, because people shoot off that debris all the time. I'm going to kill you. I mean, if that was the case, I'd be dead five times over now. Number two, it, was, it had just been like a couple weeks before I got my ass kicked by a cop for no reason. And uh, a couple days after that, I got beat up again. So, I mean, I wasn't, like, about to just walk up in a police station and be like, well, hey, here's what's about to go down. I'm not saying, you know, that would have been a smart thing to do is notify the police. You could have notified someone that you trusted, a clergyman, some kind of official or something like that. You have information. He's going to kill her. And maybe you can help me understand this. The following day, you're at home. You're in bed sometime around 10.30. Adnan gives you a call. 
says, I'll be over in an hour. You and he go to security mall. You walk around, you go to head company, you buy your girlfriend a bracelet. At that point in time, he makes mention of the fact, again, that he's going to kill Hay Lee. I think at that point, when he told you about it, the 12th, you made mention that to your girlfriend. He gives you his car keys. He gives you his cell phone. He tells you a time that he's going to call you, that he's going to kill her. And you do absolutely nothing. Help me understand your train of thought of why you do absolutely nothing at that point. Um, Adnan knows a lot of things about me, like to affect the criminal activities. So, I mean, it wasn't... You're selling marijuana. So if I go to the cops and say, hey, this guy's going to kill her, he'll say, well, no, I'm not. He's crazy. But there's this drug dealer, and this is where he gets his shit from, and this is who he deals with, and he's got a rap sheet this long, and go get his ass. Well, you've never been arrested, but one time. Well, one time. You don't really have on, a rap on, sheet. On the records one time, but I got my ass kicked plenty of times. Morning, got one arrest. Plenty of times. Dog sit on me. Chris down in front of my own house with fucking gunpoints, helicopters and shit with my keys in my hand. And a name tag that says Jay Wilds on it. You know what I mean? It's not, it's not just, you know, I mean, seriously, man, I've been coming home and people whipped out guns made me lay in the street in the snow, walking in my own house just so they can say I was the wrong dude. You know what I mean? These are police that do that? Yeah. So you didn't trust any police? I no. Later on when you drop him off at school, he makes a comment that he has to be seen by people, or that's the track practice. When you pick him up after track practice, where in relation to school do you pick him up? In front of the school, over by the gymnasium? In front of the school. Is there anyone else out there that sees him getting into his car or sees you picking him up at there, that time? There had to be, but I, I don't. I Does he make a scene at anyone, say hi to him just to as an alibi to draw attention to yourself or the car? He could say goodbye to someone, but not that I noticed. I, I wasn't uh, that focused um, on his movements. I mean, possibly he could have spoken to someone. All right, yeah, I'll catch you later. After you go to Best Buy parking lot, you said in the, the pre-interview that there may have been a reason why he picked that particular spot. Yeah. What was that reason again? I later learned that that's where they used to have sex. They used to have sex, Jay, I mean, Adnan and Haley. They used to have sex on a parking lot? Yes. Adnan and Haley. How did you come about that information? He told me later. And what was the conversation concerning that? Uh, I can't believe I killed him where he used to fuck her at. After you saw Haley's body in the trunk of the car, and I can understand, you said you didn't, didn't like the police, and apparently they don't like you for whatever reason, whether it's real or perceived on your part. The, I can understand that you didn't believe that he may go through with it. He may have been joking, may have been 99% serious and 1% joking around. But I mean, even if I figured if something was going to happen, it would get to the point where... They'd argue, they'd fight, he'd get locked up for something stupid or something like that. I didn't think he'd really kill her. 
After you go over to Best Buy, he pages you, you meet him at the telephone booth, you go over to uh, the area of the parking lot where her car is placed, or parked on a parking lot. When he opens up the trunk and you see her body inside the trunk of the vehicle, you describe her body, he said her lips were blue and everything. Once he closes the trunk and asks you to follow him, he gets in his car, and you get in her your car, and he gets in her car, and you, you're driving his car. At that point, there's a phone booth on the other side of the building. When you're driving off the parking lot, why don't you stop your car and say, call the police and say, someone has just committed a murder. There's a body in the trunk of the car. Uh, I just fear, man. I, I, you don't understand. Like, like how it is. Who are you afraid of? If you make an anonymous phone call, you could give a description of her car. Give a description of Adnan and say there's a body in the trunk of that car. You give him the tag number of the car. Can we stop for a second? Yes. Can you, can you stop that? Well, if you have any questions, you can ask me on tape. I don't understand this line of question. Well, I'm trying to understand why you go through all this. At and first, it was just like shock, and then after that, it, um, I was part of it. So, I mean, I couldn't just. You know what I mean? I just as much not called, like you said before, when he said he's going to kill her, to the point of when I was standing there looking at her in the trunk, I didn't call to the point of I dug the hole. You know what I mean? It's, it's all those looping together. If I didn't step out at one point, I couldn't just say, well, here it is in the middle. I'm just going to. But I'm call trying to understand, Jay, what he has over you or. If you're involved in this from the very beginning, if he paid you any money to help him, uh, if you were part of the conspiracy part, once he's planning all this, because it took a lot of careful planning, he had this planned out because you made mention of the fact that when he's strangling her in her vehicle, that he's worried about her scratching him, getting any tissue or any uh, forensic evidence underneath her fingernails. Yes. So he's thought about all this. Yes. He's thought about it to the point where he gives you his car, his cell phone, he tells you where to meet him, calls you to the location, has you follow him around to uh, the parking ride over on Route 70, uh, to the point where your involvement in, in this is beyond belief, other than you being afraid of the police, either he has paid you something or... Like I said, he knows that I sold drugs, I mean... That was, that was, I mean, that's, he could get me locked up for that. I mean, I'm sure if I ratted him out for killing Hay, that he wouldn't hesitate to turn me over for selling drugs. I mean, that's. Well, I'm just trying to understand in my mind what your logic is and your way of thinking. Fear, I mean, I wasn't, just the whole situation, I, I I don't deal with dead bodies every day, man. I don't, you know what I mean? That's not something I run around and look at. You know what I mean? Somebody pops a trunk and there's a blue body in there. It's going to upset me. and I'm not going to be... Like, I didn't... I don't... In my mind, I don't think to the presence of let's call the cops. It's never... That never crosses my mind. I could be getting shot at and I wouldn't be let's call the cops. I'm in not. your mind and presence of your mind, does it ever occur to you to disassociate yourself and say, hey, look, you know, this is really serious shit here. Somebody's dead in the trunk of the car. See you later. 
I tried. I, I said that to him. You know, fuck you, I'm not helping you. But then that's what he said to me. At any point, did Adnan ever threaten you with, physically with any uh, type of weapons or anything like that? No weapons, no. When you go out to Lincoln Park with him, you said you'd uh, driven through, ran for about an hour before you came out of Lincoln Park. You went up to Tapsco State Park, rode through there. When you get out to Lincoln Park, you described the little pull-off there with the Jersey walls, the, the cement barriers. Can you describe the location uh, where the grave site is, where you guys walked back to? It's about 20 yards back. And the interview, a fallen tree next to it. There's a fallen tree? Yeah. And you'd also make, made mention there's a creek running yeah. between the fallen tree or... Behind, behind there. Behind yeah. where the grave site was. Detective McGillivray, if you have any other questions, I just want to look over my notes real quickly. We uh, interviewed you originally on, um, if I recall correctly, the 28th of February. Is that correct? Uh, yeah. Okay. And we went, took an extensive interview. Okay. And we taped that interview. Yeah. And there were a lot of inconsistencies. Yes. And to start with, you indicated that you didn't know before Adnan killing. Hey, you didn't have any idea. Yeah. But that's wrong. Yeah. You did have knowledge yeah. before. Yeah. And in fact, he asked you to assist him. Not in killing him, no. Not in actually the murder. However, assisting him in the process beforehand and after. He never asked me to like, he asked me to come get him. It wasn't anything of disposing the body. He never asked me none of that until okay. the actual day. Okay. Um, also, you had indicated that when he calls you to assist him, that he was at Franklin Town and Edmondson Avenue. Yes. Is that correct? Yes. Where he pops the trunk and shows you the remains yes. of Hay. Yes. That wasn't true. No, sir. Uh, he actually killed her yes. at Best Buy. To my knowledge. To your knowledge. Yes. You weren't present for that. No, sir. Why did you lie about the location? Uh, I figured there was cameras there or somebody had spotted him doing what he was doing. And but if you actually didn't assist but I'm her associated murder. With I'm associated with him. Why would you lie about Because I'm associated. Location? I'm associated with him. But you did lie? Yes. Okay. Um, you also told us that after the events of the day, after Hay had been killed, after you after Adnan had buried the remains, that you met Jennifer Pusatelli at Westview Mall. Right. With Adnan. Right. Is that the truth? That night? No. In front of Value City? No. No? No. Did you 
dump your clothes that night with Jennifer? Yes. Okay. Um, you also left out the fact that you went to Christy and Jeff's. Okay. Yes. On the first interview. Yes. And why is that? I didn't want them to be involved. You didn't want them to be involved? I didn't. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't want them to be questioned by the police and all that stuff. And you also indicated uh, trying to protect my friend. That's that you you didn't indicate that you had purchased marijuana or called P, P to buy mar- marijuana. You left that out also. Yes. The tape interview that you've given us right now. Is that the truth? To the best that I can possibly humanly at this point in time remember, that is the truth. Did you kill Haley? No, sir, I did not. Were you there when Adnan killed Haley? No, sir, I was not. Were you on Best Buy's parking lot when Hay was killed? No, sir, I was not. Well, how do you know? Pardon me? How do you know that you weren't? At what point in time? How do I know? Right. Because when I showed up, he was on the phone. Okay. That's all the questions I have. Jay, uh, during the pre-interview, Detective McGillivray showed you a picture of Adnan. Yes. And some clothing that he was wearing. Yes. Like, uh, we again, uh, to show you this photograph. Yes. Can you describe the jacket that he's wearing in the photograph? It's a blue rain suit jacket with uh, a yellow line. Have you ever seen that jacket before? Yes, sir. When was the last time you've seen Adnan wearing the jacket? On the night of the murder. That was the jacket he was wearing on the night of the murder? Yes, sir. You're absolutely positive? Um, to, to the best I can remember, yes. Okay. He also showed you another photograph of a shirt that was found inside Haley's car. Yes. And what I'd like for you to do is show you the same photograph. Yes. Uh, is that the photograph Detective McGillivray showed you earlier? Yes, it is. Do you recognize that shirt? No, I do not. Have you ever seen it before? No, I haven't. Does that shirt belong to you? No, sir. Do you recall if Adnan was wearing it the night of Haley's murder? Mm-hmm. I don't think this is the shirt he had on now. Do you recall what type of shirt he had on that evening? I think it was vertically striped and not horizontal. Um, it was a brownish tan color. It wasn't dark like Okay. There was a map booklet found on the backseat of Haley's car when it was recovered. I'd like to do show you a photograph of that and see if you recognize it or have ever seen it uh, that map before. No, I haven't. Okay. Did Adnan make any reference to this map? No, he didn't. Like, uh, dude, Jay, these photographs that I've shown you, if you can just place your initials on the bottom of them, uh, one of the map and also today's date.
and also the photograph of Adnan in the jacket he's wearing. said that when you were with Adnan and you pulled around to the dumpsters on Value City, you recall that one of the dumpsters that he placed her wallet and keys in was a cardboard recycling dumpster? Yes. And how do you know that? It said it on the side. And you thought that the police would have recovered the property or somebody would have turned it over because of what reason? Um, when it went through the paper mill, it would either fuck a machine up or somebody would see it. I don't know if we covered this or not. When you were at uh, Christie's house, mm -hmm. Adnan received a telephone call? Yes. And who was that from? Uh, police. I actually received two. The first one was from Hayes family. They were inquiring where she was. The second one was from the police. They were inquiring where she was. Okay. Do you recall what kind of statements he made to the police? Um, I knew him to be totally false. I told him he had no knowledge of where she was. Um, he gave him other people's names to try to look for for her and told him that was her personality. So did, um, probably just go over that again. During the pre-interview, you said, uh, maybe you want to try her new boyfriend that she may be with him? Yes. Um, and also that he and, uh, Haley had been broken up for a while? Yes. You also said that she may have just ran off and also told him that he may want to check with some of her friends? Yes. Is there anybody that you know of that Adnan told about this murder? 100%? No, I don't. Okay. What percent possibly? I'd have to say that I knew he told somebody um, that he killed somebody. I don't necessarily know that he told somebody that he killed Hay, but I know he told somebody that he killed somebody. It was on a phone conversation later in the car. Um, I don't know who he talked to. I can speculate. I think it was Tyed. When was this? Uh, probably like two or three days, four days after. After? After he killed her. Okay. And why were you in the car with him? I was out in the car with him. I was leaving from my house, going to work. He was taking you to work? Yeah. Now, this is a guy that got you involved in something. Yeah, but he also... Why is he over your house taking you to work? He dropped off my girlfriend. I had her car because I had driven it home from work the day before. The, he dropped the morning you, before. He dropped your girlfriend off at your house. He came from school to my house with my girlfriend. Weren't you concerned yes. about yes. him being with your girlfriend? Yes. Why would he have... I didn't I didn't have knowledge that she was going to get a ride from him. She didn't tell me, hey, I'm getting a ride with Adnan. And after that point in time, I told her to stay away from him and don't talk to him. I didn't tell her why and give her a reason. Did you ever tell him to stay away from your girlfriend? Yes. Mm -hmm. But he gave her a ride home. Didn't that piss you off? Yeah, and he, he looked me in my face and he told me, you know, we go to school together and you know we're friends. Did Adnan give you any money to you to help him 
in this situation? No. In this murder? No. Nothing? No. Did he buy you marijuana? No. The marijuana that you purchased on Forest Park, who bought that? He bought it, but it's not uncommon for people to buy a bag and smoke together. Had he given you money? Um, yes, he'd loaned me a couple bucks before. How much? Um, it was $100. When did he lend you this money? Uh, prior to him being killed. Uh, probably four weeks before. So about a month before he lent you $100? Yes. Did he lend you $100 or did he give you $100? He lent me $100 because I paid him 50 of it back. Why would he lend you $100 because you paid him back? No, I'm saying, I'm saying that's why I was he lent you. He lent you $100? Yes. For what? To buy weed. And you paid him $50 back? I had spent the money. I didn't go buy the weed. I and Because it was time period. I had spent the money. Um, so I ended up having to pay the money back to him. And you only paid him $50? So far, I had only okay. paid him $50. And you were going to pay the rest of it? Yes. Back. He did not give you anything else? No. Sorry. When you paid him $50, how did you pay him? I wrote him a check. And has that check been cashed? Yeah, it was. Uh, I got it back canceled. Yeah. And when did you write him the check? Do you recall? I don't remember. I have to look at the date on the check. It was after the death of Ada. You still have the canceled check? Yeah, it's at my house. All right, I believe that concludes this interview. However, Detective Ritz has an additional question. Just a few last questions, uh, Jay. Um, are you presently under the influence of any drugs or alcohol right now? Nothing. And prior to this interview, and Detective McGillivray went over that, you were advised of your Miranda rights? Yes. You understand all your rights? Yes. At any time during the first interview and this interview that we've conducted here today, has Detective McGillivray or myself threatened you in any way, coerced you in any way, offered any inducements or promises to you at all? No. This afternoon, uh, prior to coming down to the homicide office, uh, your girlfriend, Stephanie, dropped you off at Pinocchio's Pizza on Frederick Avenue. Yes. And Detective McGillivray and I, it's prearranged. We picked you up at that location, brought you down to the homicide unit. Yes. During this interview and the last interview, how would you say you've been treated by Detective McGillivray and myself? Fair I have no further questions. I believe that concludes this interview. It's the 15th of March. It's approximately 15 minutes of 8. Truth and Justice is an NBI Studios production. All music for the show is created and composed by Shane Yoder at PutThemInASong.com. The font you see on all of our logos and banners were created by Tate Krupa of Red Swan Graphic Design. Katie Ross of CreatedInTandem.com Design Created manages and maintains our website, Truth and Justice Pod, where you can view all photos and documents discussed in every episode. Thank you to our volunteer transcription team, 
Pamela Westby, Kathy McElhaney, Courtney Wimberly, Erica Cantor, Melissa Cardenas, Kay Widyomnik, and Danielle Rohr. And as always, thank you to all of you for your engagement and your support. If you like the show and you want to support us, you can do that in a number of ways. The number one way for you to support our work is to become a patron at patreon.com slash truthandjustice. If you join our Patreon, not only will you be financially supporting our work, but you'll also get something for your pledge. For just $5 per month, you'll get all episodes ad-free and also a video version of the Friday follow-ups that include an hour-long pre-show chat exclusive to our patrons. Other levels will get you a Truth and Justice Army t-shirt, Truth and Justice hats, and even the opportunity to co-host a Friday follow-up episode. Just go to patreon.com slash truthandjustice to sign up. You can also help us out by going to iTunes and leaving us a five-star rating and review. It doesn't cost you a penny, and it goes a long way towards making the show more visible. If you have a case that you'd like us to consider covering, you can submit your cases on our website, truthandjusticepod.com. Just click on the case submission button and fill out the form. And the most important thing that you can do is engage in our investigations. You can keep in touch with us through our email at theories at truthandjusticepod.com. You can like our Facebook page, follow us on Instagram, or join in on the conversation on the Truth and Justice Podcast fans page. For all of you tweeters out there, you can connect with us on Twitter at TruthJusticePod, and I can be found on social media at BobRuffTruth. However you do it, stay engaged, stay in touch. But as for now, I'm signing off. I'm Bob Ruff, and this has been Truth and Justice.